I'm Emily Swinford, and with some help from my friend, Todd Studer at Todd Studer Productions, you are listening to Emily Sells Iowa, the podcast. Join me, my colleagues, clients, and friends as we discuss real life, real estate. Please note that the opinions and content of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, any realtor associations, or any other persons or entities. If your property is listed with a real estate broker, please know that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. If you're interested in buying or selling properties, what is happening in your community, or what's new in the real estate world, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to this episode of Emily Sells Iowa. I'm Todd Studer, joined in studio today by Emily Swinford of Better Homes and Gardens, the Good Life Group, offices in both Council Bluffs and Glenwood, Iowa. And also, Emily, you brought a special guest into the studio today. Always fun when we have episodes with more people. Yeah, today I brought Michelle Sandin. She's with Farm Credit Services of America. And when she walked in the door this morning, I said, Michelle, I'm going to let you do most of the talking because she does a whole lot of really cool things that I don't know a lot about. Um, I don't know if you would call it non-traditional lending. Yes. Um, But anyways, all sorts of uh, fun things like barn dominiums, shouses. We can get into that a little bit. But uh, real quick before I let Michelle introduce herself and and, kind of take the lead on this, I just want to remind those that have bought a house from me in the past year or those uh, that have sent me somebody who has ended up uh, becoming a client of mine. uh, We do our annual client appreciation party every November. So that is on November 22nd at Praia Cocktail Lounge. I should be getting the invites in the mail. Uh, This year we have live music and um, we're giving away pies and it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, you're giving away pies. Now you just, you just touched (laughs) a part in my heart right there. Yes. And I'll send you an invitation, Todd. I (laughs) should be getting one soon. (laughs) But anyway, so that's coming up. So um, watch your uh, mailboxes for that. So super excited to get that rolling. It just gets bigger every year. That uh, Well, of course it does, because as more and more people find out about you and find out about what it is that you can do for them, uh, that list just keeps getting bigger. So, uh, And we hope that uh, if you're in the market uh, to buy a seller home, uh, Emily uh, would love to be able to hear from you. Michelle Sandin of Farm Credit Services of America in studio with us today. Michelle, okay, so uh, she mentioned uh, non-traditional lending or that kind of thing. What, what, what's involved with that? I mean, what, what would that definition be? So non-traditional is kind of your non-conforming homes. So anything different than like secondary market. And I'll touch base a little bit about uh, about that, but a little bit about who I work for. So thank you, by the way, for having me today. But I'm employed with Farm Credit Services of America. We are an ag lender. So we specialize in, in our farmers and our non-farmers. I have been with Farm Credit for seven years. Prior to that, um, did secondary market lending for 15 years. So pros and cons of both, but farm credit uh, is very unique in what we can offer and how we lend. Um, so I, we partnered, Farm Credit partnered with Rural First in 2018, which allowed us to have um, more options for lending and kind of your rec ag land as far as the, the non-traditional home. So that's what I'm here to talk about is the barn dominium and shouses that we're able to lend on, as well as other properties that we can lend on. But the barn dominiums and shouses have become very popular uh, in the area lately. Well, they're, they're popular, meaning that there's a demand for them, but how many of them are actually out there? That's a tough question, so I can answer a little bit to that. It's, it's a new concept. So last year I sold five, and I think Michelle could probably speak to this a little bit too, but last year we had a couple um, that we had appraisal issues with, and I remember an appraiser calling me specifically on one, and they said, Emily, there's not enough uh, turnover of these. People build these to die in them. 
they love these homes, and so there just hasn't been enough turnover to create that kind of data bank of sales where we could easily appraise them. So they're somewhat of a they're, they're kind of everywhere, but as far as what's available, they're somewhat of a newer concept in the real estate world in our area. Correct. And, and usually when an appraiser uh, looks to value them, they're looking at what has sold in the last 12 to 18 months. And because they're not selling them, because people are wanting to, to live there forever, um, it is hard to find comparables for them. Now at Farm Credit, we have our own appraisers on staff. So they're able to go a little bit um, farther into you know how long ago one has been built or look at other comparables, not just shouses or barn dominiums when they look to value those. So our appraisers do a good job at um, finding comparables for those shouses and barn dominiums. Yeah. And anytime you can have an in-house appraisal yes. as, uh, as a real estate agent, you're like, yes. <laughs> so would this be more for an existing place that you would be able to find funding for? Or is it if someone wants to do a conversion, uh, would that be a part of it? Or is it just more for just an individual place that's already built? We've done both. I've, I've done some where they've converted the old barn, uh, added on kind of remodeled it or some that are building new. And kind of the difference of the barn minimum shelves versus your traditional home is that they're kind of all on one level. It's a cement slab versus having a foundation. Some will come on one level and they'll put a loft like the barn style. With the shouses, you see more of the slab with maybe a little bit of a shop. So there's some living area and some shop area. So they're very unique. I've seen a lot of different plans and specs. They all come different. Uh, contractors all over Southwest Iowa are looking to build and help the borrowers get into them. It sounds like it would be difficult to try to put just a blanket way of doing things over it because every place sounds like it would be unique. It is. It is. It's fun to look at the plans and specs that, that a customer brings to me. So what's the process then? If uh, somebody has an idea or do they everything need to be formed out before they come to you? I've done both. So sometimes the customer is coming just to get pre-approved. They're wanting to know how much they can qualify for to um, to construct this shouse or barn dominium. Some of them already have their plans and specs. They have that contractor and they're ready to go. So we, we've done both. Typically, we'll want to get them pre-approved. And then once we have the pre-approval done, then we're looking to order the appraisal and title work. With our construction loans at Farm Credit Rural First, they have 12 months to complete the project. And we're able to lock that rate as soon as we get the appraisal. So they're not having to wait 9 or 12 months for that contractor to get the building done. We're locking right away. So that's one of the, the unique aspects of our construction loans is that the customer can lock their rate as soon as we get that appraised value. Well, you're talking about appraised value. Is it are, are these typically appraised higher per square foot or is it pretty comparable to what just a regular traditional home would be? Actually, they're coming in about $30 less square really? footage to, to, to build, not appraise out, but to build, um, because you don't have that foundation. You don't have anything below grade that, that typically a traditional house would. Yeah, and I think they, like we said earlier, they are all different um, because you might have it on a one acre of land or it might be um, you know, a family farm that you've owned for years and now you're building your forever barn dominium house on that property. So other than um, like a barn dominium shouses, what other types of unique properties can you finance? We have done log homes, barn dominium shouses. We do do berm homes. They have a little bit different terms and kind of down payment. It just kind of depends on what, what the property actually looks like. Is a berm home, so what's the difference between a berm and an earth home? They're Typically just three, yeah, three sides in the ground. Okay. Yep. Whereas an earth, earth home is like the roof is? Yes. Yep. The roof is underground too. Okay. Gotcha. With one side facing out. 
When I was young, <laughs> and I go back a little ways, uh, <laughs> I was a kid in the 80s, there was a couple of these homes that you're talking about with the, mm-hmm. with the Burm home, uh, and the talk was then, oh, this is just going to be the future of homes, but it never really seemed to take off all that well. Is, mm-hmm. is it gaining in popularity, or is it about the same? I should know the difference between a berm and an earth home, and I think I've sold maybe one or two berm homes, but I don't feel like there's that many of them in the area. No, no, I, I haven't seen very little. I do know there's a, well, there's a kind of a glamping place that somebody turned an old uh, grain bin into a livable place. Is, is that something you've ever seen, that type of thing? Yes, I've seen it. It has to be exciting and both difficult at the same time. Okay, now i got to figure out how are we going to <laughs> take a look at something that's brand new, and somebody had a brand new idea to do that. So, um, so we talked about before we got started here that obviously we can't mention interest rates because we don't know from one day to the next what the interest rates are going to be. So they need to contact you and contact Emily to find out what's exactly going on with that. But how much does that affect what it is that you do? I mean, can it take some people completely out of the market? It has. It has. You know, with the rise in interest rates, um, the borrower's borrowing power can sometimes go down because of that. Uh, and a lot of times with construction, we may get somebody pre-approved, and then it's six or nine months by the time they get their plans and specs and, and meet with that contractor to come back. So we really need to look at what is rates doing, what is, what is their um, borrowing power at that time. So yeah, it can affect it quite a bit. Well, and you talked about getting something locked in, but mm-hmm. uh, it sounds also that maybe it's better to have all your ducks in a row before actually going through the approval process so you know exactly where those prices are going to be. Right. Yep. That's usually when somebody's really starting out is I can get them pre-approved for a certain amount, but I really want them to go talk to a contractor and figure out, you know, what do you, what are you wanting to build and at least have an estimate as to where that cost is coming in at. Well, and also I know that you, you being an ag lender, uh, price of ground is going up. It seems the <laughs> yes. same with, with, with the price of houses and everything else. And I'm wondering just where the peak might be with that. And is it going to have a, a reverse back down? Because I'm hearing about some astronomical prices on acreages right now. Yes. Your guess is as good as mine, Todd. <laughs> 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 kind of like the interest rate guess. <laughs> I want to learn a little bit more about you, Michelle, with what what it is that you do and why it is that you have a passion for this, because uh, this is not something that you're going to see in every part of the world. You know, not every part of this country is, is has such an ag industry as we do in this part. So where did your passion for it come from? I've been in the real estate market for a little over 25 years, started out in um secondary market lending. Well, actually abstracting secondary market lending. My passion has always been to, to help the customer find their dream home. You know, with farm credit, it's very unique because we're, we're able to take collateral, other collateral or real estate as down payment. So it's very unique. It's very different than the secondary market lending. Um, I, I enjoyed the secondary market, but then coming to farm credit and just the different aspects uh, and, and things that we can offer for a customer is truly what uh, excites me. And helping that customer find their dream home, whether they're building or they get with an awesome realtor like Emily and find a property that's already out there. Have you seen a lot of changes over the years from doing this? Are things a lot different now than they used to be? Yes, they are. Yep. Yep. And people are still building, though. Even though, you know, your rates and your building materials have kind of gone up a little bit. I cover about 17 counties in southwest Iowa. 
And I have so many people that are still wanting out of the city. They want their their little five acre, fifteen acre, forty acre parcel. They want that country living. They just they don't want neighbors. You know, they they want to be out in the country. So I think that will continue. It's also probably more difficult to find uh, to find these places, and especially if you want to stay close enough to a metropolitan area like we are in with the Omaha Council Bluffs area, to find something that's still close enough to commute or you know to do your grocery shopping that kind of thing. If you're out in the country, they're not as common. Common, uh, places to be able to find. So when something comes up, probably a lot of demand for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that is true. The closer to the metro you get, uh, the prices tend to be a little bit higher. It might be a little harder to find the larger acreages especially, but there's a lot of advantages. And I think Michelle and I can both speak to this. There's a lot of advantages to being rural. The more rural you get, uh, typically the lower your property taxes likely will be. The more privacy you'll have, the less restrictions you'll have on your property as far as what you can or can't do with it. Like uh, covenants and and it's just not as developed so you don't run into you know people telling you that you can't paint your house a certain color or you can't have you know chickens so there's a lot of advan- advantages in that regard as well as just the the people and you know as far as um I, I haven't ran into anywhere in southwest Iowa that hasn't been within at least you know 15 minutes of, of some sort of grocery store so <laughs> sometimes I think when um like people for example come from Omaha area to Mills County, for example, they say, oh my gosh, that, you know, they think it's a long drive. They always say how beautiful of a drive in it is, but we're used to going that opposite direction. So for us, it's nothing for us to pop up to Omaha once or twice a week, but there's a lot of advantages to living in the more rural areas. And a lot of my clients have came from uh, larger cities and uh, they'll never leave the small town lifestyle. How often, uh, Emily, does somebody approach you about one of these non-traditional homes or, or is it something that you're suggesting to them? Well, it's one of those things that I think everybody wants, but there's a lot more puzzle pieces involved to actually making it happen in the end. So um, it's a dream that a lot of people have. That's why I think if it's something you're considering ever, it's important to talk to Michelle. It's important to talk to me. The sooner the better. If you're buying your first home and you know that that's your long-term goal, you need to start thinking about it even further in advance than if you're just, you know, doing a typical upgrade from, you know, your $150,000 home to your $300,000 home on one acre. So, uh, because there are kind of, like I said, more things that go into it and it's more of a unique process. And I think it might become more traditional over time. Yeah. they're, They're very appealing. And like I said, there used to be not a lot of contractors that maybe would look to build them, but they're they're becoming more popular, so more contractors are. And and like I said earlier, the plans and bids that I see are so unique. There's not one in the same. Some look more like the barn. Some look more like the shop. You know, it's that exterior metal siding that maybe looks some makes them look non-traditional. But they're just fun to look at every plan and spec that comes through. How often is it new construction versus restoring an existing structure that into a home? I mean, is that does one happen more than the other? More new construction. So it's people get, a lot of times you see in a magazine or something that it, it could even be something that had been restored. They say, no, we can create this just from scratch. And from that point, probably a lot easier because you're not dealing with old wiring. You're not dealing with um, old footings. And maybe there wasn't even any concrete in a barn. It was just a dirt floor kind of thing. So. So anyway, it, it sounds very, very interesting, and it sounds uh, it, like it's an emerging market that uh, is slowly becoming more and more popular, but also, as you said, it, more of a time commitment probably in order to be able to make all of this happen. So if somebody is thinking about that, how far ahead should they be looking at it? A lot of times it could take six to nine months 
by the time you actually meet with a contractor and you get your plans and bids and 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 I always tell people find a con there's a lot of contractors out there find one that you you can build a good relationship with if you change something they're okay with it because we all change our minds so if you go through the pro you know the process and you're you're deciding you want different cabinets or something like that that they're willing to work with you on that we're going into the winter months right now so a lot of your contractors maybe aren't looking at starting till March April you know Mother Nature plays a lot. Uh, in timing with construction loans. But typically, I'll, I tell people, this is not an overnight process. You know, you, you may come to me today, and we're not actually closing your loan for six, eight, nine months, because it takes that long to get your plans and bids and, and what you want to actually build, and then that contractor ready to actually start start digging. From what you're saying, then, this is actually a great time to start the process, because you know that you have a little wiggle room here between the winter months and when a contractor is actually going to be ready to start construction. So what a great time to plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, she is a Michelle Sandin of Farm Credit Services of America joining us on Emily Sells Iowa today. Emily Swinford, Better Homes and Gardens, The Good Life Group, offices in both Glenwood, Iowa and Council Bluffs, Iowa. Thank you both for your time. We certainly appreciate you coming in and uh, filling us in on on something that I knew very little about. I feel like I learned a little bit uh, about this as well. So. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, thanks for having me. And we thank you for listening to Emily Sells Iowa. New episodes coming out every week. So until next time, take care. <laughs>